Welcome to Reflections from the Heart, presented by Stewardship, a mission of faith. Reflections from the Heart with your host, David Abel, is an outreach of Gospel Reflection, a ministry of Stewardship, a mission of faith. For the next 30 minutes, please join David as he breaks open the bread of life in the Gospel reading for Sunday's Mass. And as the same Holy Spirit who inspired the biblical writers, inspires us today with the truths he reveals to our hearts through his word. Now, here's David with Reflections from the Heart. Welcome, everyone, to another session of Reflections from the Heart. My name is David Abel. Today, I'm joined by Tom DeAngelis and Rob Longo. Welcome, one and all. Great to be here, David. Awesome, awesome. Everybody would take a moment and get their Bibles. We're going to turn to the Gospel of John, chapter 6, verses 24 through 35. But before we break open the bread of life, Rob, do you mind inviting the Holy Spirit into our hearts to help us to see what God wants us to see today? Absolutely. In the name of the Father, Father, Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, Thank you. Thank you for your love. Thank you for choosing us. Thank you for uh, for just giving us this moment. You are the God of now. Help us to be present in this moment, wherever we are, in our cars, in our offices, in our homes, wherever we are. Help us to be present in this moment so we can hear your voice, so we can listen, so we can be filled with your love. Please guide us, protect us. Please be with our families and draw us all closer to you as we break open the gospel that we will hear this coming Sunday. Please prepare our hearts for the encounter that you want to have with us at Mass through your word, through the Eucharist, Lord. Please prepare us this day. And we pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. In the Father, Father Son, Son, Holy Holy Spirit, Spirit. amen. 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 And uh, Tom, do you mind giving us a little gospel love today? Sure. Be happy to. Uh, Again, this is a reading from John's Gospel, chapter 6, verse 24 to 35. When the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor his disciples were there, they themselves got into boats and came to Capernaum, looking for Jesus. And when they found him across the sea, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them and said, Amen, amen, I say to you, you are looking for me not because you saw signs, but because you ate the loaves and were filled. Do not work for food that perishes, but for the food that endures for eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. For on him the Father, God, has set his seal. So they said to him, What can we do to accomplish the works of God? Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God, that you believe in the one he sent. So they said to him, What sign can you do, that we may see and believe in you? What can you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the desert, as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. So Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, It was not Moses who gave the bread from heaven. My Father gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So they said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never hunger, and whoever believes in me will never thirst. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. Wow, what a... What a what a challenge! You know, if, if you think of what, what do we what do we invest or you know spend uh, our resources on? Right, we have God gives us everything we have is a gift from God that we use to help others. So if everything is a gift, our time is a gift, our financial resources are a gift, our health is a gift, and the challenge I'm I'm hearing the Lord uh, deliver to me today to really reflect on is 
what am I working for? Am I working for food that perishes or am I working for food that endures for eternal life? And, and really go through an examination of conscience of how am, I, you know, how am I using that gift of time, that gift of any financial resources I have, the gift of you know, the food I have, whatever material or, or you know, spiritual resources, it's, it's all from God. Um, you know, what am I doing? Where am I, where am I placing my effort uh, as in on food that perishes or food that lasts for eternal life? You know, what really jumped out of me in this phrase, you know, is, is Jesus saying, do not work for the food that perishes, which is what you were describing, Rob. What's the motivation of our heart? Is it for worldly things that we consume, that we have, or is it the things of heaven? You know, so, so he continues on, but for the food that endures for eternal life. And he goes on just one more statement that really jumped out at me, and I put a big circle around it, which the Son of Man will give you. You see, this is the Bread of Life Discourse. This is chapter 6 in the Gospel of John. And as you continue reading this, there's a promise made here that the Son of Man, Jesus Christ, will give us this food that endures for eternal life. And then he goes on to tell us what that food is. It's the bread of life. It's his very self. It's the Eucharist. Jesus Christ is setting it up. Because, I mean, I never forget challenging the Lord, Lord and saying, Lord, you know, ha, ha, this is a hard statement to believe. In fact, that's right in scriptures. The Jews said that. You know, hmm. how am I going to believe that this is really you, your body, blood, soul, and divinity present in this bread? How am I going to do this? You know, and what the Lord really jumped out at me was he says this in, in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 6, he says, The bread that I will give, here we go, is my flesh for the life of the world. He's telling us that this bread that he will give, the Eucharist, will be his flesh, body, blood, soul, and divinity of him very self, our spiritual food for that day's journey. And that's what where the correlation comes in to Moses and the manna. The manna was provided each and every day for the people's nourishment physically. But Jesus is saying, you know what? If you want life, come to me and you'll never hungry. Believe in me and you'll never thirst. Because when we feed on Christ in both the word of God, which we're doing now, the sacred scriptures, but also, it's not Either or, it's both and. Also in the Eucharist, when we feed on him, body, blood, soul, and divinity. You know, I know when I receive the Eucharist, you know, I always make sure that I'm, that I'm ready, uh, that I've gone to confession, that I'm, I'm clean. In the beginning of Mass, we say, you know, that we're sinners, you know, mea copa, mea copa. You know, we are sinners. It's through my own choices. And we ask God's forgiveness to prepare ourselves to receive Christ within us. And then when I go to receive the Eucharist and I receive it, I say, Lord Jesus, I invite you to impregnate me with your divinity course through my body and purge from me anything that is not of you. And when I truly receive the Lord into me, you know, we are what we eat. We're consuming the Lord Jesus Christ. He becomes that part of us so that people meet and greet Christ within us. He gives us that spiritual strength, that spiritual life to go out into the world, to be the lights in the world that point to him, that point to the relationship with the Father. I think too there's a real insight in this in this gospel where John talks about and particularly he has Jesus say, saying here 
um, you know, God answered them, you know, Jesus answered them and said, amen, amen, I say, you're not looking for me because you saw signs, but because you ate of the loaves. And in John's gospel, you know, there's seven signs and they're the miracles. So it, the the signs are those things like they didn't see the sign. In other words, they didn't get the, the meaning. And that's exactly the point that you're talking about, David. It's not the bread and the wine. It's the it's what we're receiving. It's the it's the, that's the sign. It's what's behind it. It's the reality. That is what our faith establishes. That is what allows us to bring Jesus into our life. Without that faith, that's just bread. You know, it's just mm-hmm. wine. And that's the difference here. He said, you didn't see the sign that I did. You didn't see the meaning of what it is I did. I've already given you the bread of life. You just didn't get it. And then they say, well, what do we have to do to accomplish this? What's the work? And he says, the work is that you believe in the one that God sent. You believe in me. If you believe in me, then you'll believe in what I'm telling you. You'll believe That's in the it. stuff that I'm telling you. You'll believe in the mm-hmm. sign that I just did. And almost like every time I read this, you saw signs, and then they say, well, what sign can you do? It's like, well, wasn't the multiplication <laughs> of loaves and fishes enough? You know, like, isn't that a good enough sign? Like, what else do you want? And that's a prefigurement of the Eucharist, you know, right. because Jesus is saying, right. I'm going to multiply myself in the Eucharist everywhere in the world. I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm yeah. going to be with you. I'm going to spiritually impregnate you with my very self and share my divinity with you as I shared your humanity. Right. And so for me, that that is so powerful. And, you know, we look at Adam and Eve and they said, you know, you know, Satan said, hey, you know what, if you eat that, that fruit, yeah. you're not going to die. Yeah, God, but but they did. They spiritually yeah. died. They'd committed mortal sin. They went against the word of God and they broke that relationship. So that happens to each of us. We become spiritually blind, spiritually deaf, spiritually crippled, spiritually dead. But through repentance, the sacrament of reconciliation, and then reception of the Eucharist, those same miracles, those signs that Christ performed, the curing of the blind, the opening of the ears of the deaf, you know, the, 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 the healing of the cripple, the restoration of life in Lazarus, he wants to do in us today spiritually, that we have those spiritual eyes to see, the spiritual ears to hear, the, the the spiritual life to live, you know what I'm saying, and not be hampered through the crippledness of addictions and things of the world. He wants to give us life and give it in abundance, and that's why he came, took on our humanity, and gave his life for us so that we may have that spiritual life in communion with the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, common union with them. That's it. That's the gospel message of Jesus Christ and the gift of his life. That's for all humanity. So what do we need to do? He tells us, just sit in a chair and wait. No, come to him. Come to him. When you get that hunger in your heart, you can look all over the world to satisfy that hunger. You can look in stuff, in work, in other people, in 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 other other beliefs, but if you truly want to satisfy that hunger, there's only one place to go, and that's Jesus Christ. And then, as you shared, Rob, believe. Believe the Word of God. Everything He tells us is truth. Four times He says, you know, my flesh is true food. My blood is true drink. You must eat my flesh and drink my blood. He doesn't say it's a symbol or a sign. He says you must, and they are. And when we do that, 
it is incredible what happens within us. There's this transformation within us. There's this purgation going on daily within us that purges the things of the world that want to take us out and take us down, the addictions, the entrapments of the enemy. He purges it, and it's him that people see, him that people taste in us, him that people experience in us. And then he says, now, take my hand, let me take you to the Father. Let me get your relationship right with my father. Because when you get that relationship right as his precious son, his precious daughter, you will become the world changers that God had planned for you from the beginning. What a great invitation that is. And uh, uh, this past week, Dave, we met a gentleman from India who was here. He was on fire for reaching the young people in his, in his native country of India. Uh, he's in 200 and um, I think close to 250 schools. It just just on fire for the Lord. And he was wearing a bracelet, I am unique. That when he goes into schools, his message is that you are that beloved son, that beloved daughter. You are not what the world tells you you are. You are, you're irreplaceable. There's never going to be another, uh, another you out there. So once we take hold of that identity and believe that, then that really kind of smooths things out. You know, we're not worried about what other people think. We're not worried about what other people wear. We're not, we're just, we just, have that sense of peace, knowing that I'm irreplaceable. Like I am, I am totally unique. There never was, there never will be another me, mm-hmm. ever. God loves me that much. Um, so we and, and we can't. I don't think we can assume that, or or we can just expect that that's just going to happen to us. We need to spend time with Abba, with with our Father, that's just it. just in His arms. This past weekend, I was down the shore, had a chance to go into uh, into the ocean early with our youngest daughter, Hope before anybody was on the beach and we got down there and just went into the ocean and she's on my back and we're just letting the waves hit us and uh, it was beautiful. It was one of those days where the waves are just kind of coming up nice and slow and then building and then you know, we would just stand there. She's on my back so her weight was holding me down and we would just let the waves crash over us and she was putting her hands straight up and the waves were still over her hands so they were pretty decent sized waves and for a little kid you know, seeing those waves must even look bigger than for me and at one point she just said, Dad, I feel so safe when I'm when I'm holding you and you're holding me and I'm and, and we're in the ocean together, right? So that's like life, right? The waves of life are just going to come at us, right? That that they're not going to stop, yeah. and our Lord wants us to just hug Him and let Him hug us, and for us, like little eight-year-old Hope, just to say to the Father, I feel so safe. I feel so safe when I'm with you. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Mm-hmm. Right? And then just trust that he, in the midst of the waves, the waves aren't going to stop, but in the midst of the waves of life, he's there. He's holding us. He's loving us. He's, he's, he's whispering those words of encouragement in our ear to, to keep going, to keep trying. Right? So let's, uh, let's spend that time alone, one-on-one with the Father. And I think it's important, too, in this first sentence, says Jesus, it says, when the crowd saw that neither Jesus nor disciples were there, they themselves got into the boats and came to Cumbertum looking for Jesus. You know, if there's anything in your life where you're not experiencing or seeing Jesus' presence and his disciples, is it on a website? Is it in a social gathering? Wherever it is, you need to leave. You need to exit stage right. If you're not being filled by the Lord, if he's not present and his disciples are not present, you need to to go and find the Lord and find groups and people where the Lord is present. Because 
we can be drinking poison being in these groups and these toxins of the world end up affecting us. And, and, and you know, I, I think it's so important. Jesus says, you know, if, if you go into a, a town and it, it doesn't mm-hmm. show my love, leave, knock the, the dust from your, your feet. So I think that's an important lesson because if you're somewhere you shouldn't be, where you're not being filled and touched by the Lord, you need to move on. And you need to go find Jesus in other areas, in other groups, whether it's a book, books you're reading or, again, websites you're going to, whatever. You need to disconnect. Why? Because what you want to do is grow in divine intimacy. Intimacy, intimacy with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because in through and with Jesus Christ, we have access to the Father. The Holy Spirit is our counselor and our guide. And that divine intimacy is what the scripture verse says when it, when it says, pray without ceasing. I'm like, oh my goodness, what does that mean? I got to sit here all day long going, I'd say all these words? No. God wants to be included in every aspect, in every part of our life, from the morning breakfast and morning cup of coffee to the, to the workplace, to the home, and yes, to the bedroom. God wants to be present and in your life. You know what? Invite him along, Father, and then ask him, because it's real important here. Jesus came to do what? One thing, the will of the Father. What did Jesus speak? Only the words the Father gave him. So this communion between Jesus and his Father, that's what Jesus wants for us. When the the disciples said, well, hey, Lord, teach us how to pray. He said, our Father. That's the key. In through with Jesus Christ and our relationship with Jesus Christ, which starts out as that personal relationship, we then go into the deep water of divine intimacy with the Father through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. It is that, that is the ultimate goal of every Christian because then we truly become those world changers, those lights to the world. Yeah, and you know, um, just kind of picking up on that too, the uh, the other thing that I think is important is that uh, this this whole idea that, you know, we, we are the light of the world. Um, I know when, you know, you said that Father and Jesus are one and in communion, Jesus invites us to become one with him. And, and I know from our, our stewardship prayer, uh, booklet, on prayer, uh, Jesus' prayer for unity, that he prays that we may be one with him so that, you know, that I and them and you and me, so that, you know, kind of we all may be brought to perfection as one, you know, not just me and Jesus and me and Jesus and the Father, but all mm-hmm. of us that we're brought to perfection. So when, when we're given the gift of communion with Jesus, we're our, you know, that's that's not something we just sit and take care of ourselves. We have to cultivate that. It's an important part of our faith. But it needs to be taken out and shared. And so that's where I think the point about prayer, you know, um, I'm sure people have heard about Brother Lawrence, that the, you know, the, the being with God all the time, being in the presence of God all the time. And what better way to be in his presence than to have him, to carry him within you, that we always carry Jesus out with us. I know as part of the lay Dominican uh, charism that we practice is we carry Jesus into places where other people can't go, where priests never go. We go into the workplace. We go places where priests and sisters and, you know, religious never get in, but we bring Jesus to those places. It could be in a bar. It could be in a, you know, in a, in a school. It could be, you know, in a public school. It could be in a railway station or a 
you know, uh, airport. We bring Jesus places where, but we can't do that unless he's present with mm-hmm. us, unless we carry him with us. And that's the communion is, and I often think about this at masses, you know, you and I are one now and we're one with the father. But when I walk out the door, I need to make sure you're still with me, you know, and it's not, it's not that he leaves me. It's that I forget about him. You know, I get wrapped up in things and I forget Jesus is with me. I'm bringing him with me wherever I go. It's his presence that makes it prayer, you know. Whether I'm saying anything or not, he's, you know, he's, he's working through me, and that's the prayer. That's beautiful, Tom. And, and you think about uh, Jesus' desire, right? He, he believes in us, right? Yeah. He believes in us, and uh, he's, you know, Jesus is fully God, fully man. And he has a human heart, just like us. He, he knew everything of the human condition except sin, and every human wants to think that someone believes in them. So Jesus, we will console his heart when we show him that we believe in him through our words, through our actions, where we take him into those places. Because the worst thing would be if we enter into a place where Jesus isn't, and then we're there, and he's still not there. And we lose him. <laughs> right? Yeah. right? So hopefully in those settings where we go in and we don't see Jesus or sense Jesus, we look in the mirror, say, Jesus, I know, I know you're with me. Help me, help me to be you. Help me to be your love, your light. And, you know, if we if we need to exit stage right, Dave, if yeah. it's a dangerous situation, we exit. But if it's a situation where we have to stay based on whatever circumstances, we just pray up. Jesus is there. We look in the mirror and say, Lord, come on, me and you, let's 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 love these people. Um and, and bring them closer to, to the Father. That's an image I always, you pointed out, David, you know, when you come into a place where Jesus isn't, it, I'm going to remember, get in the boat and go to Capernaum. <laughs> Just get out of, you know, yeah. you need to be someplace else. You need yeah. to be where Jesus is, yeah. You know, and, and again, this whole thing of, you know, when you're hungry, when you're thirsty, if you're looking for the world to satisfy that hunger and that thirst, I can promise you it's like drinking salt water Thinking is going to quench your thirst. It's going to kill you. The only thing that is going to is going to satisfy that hunger and that thirst is that relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So for me, it's a litmus test of my heart. Is it? I want a new car. I want a new house. I want a new job. I want a more a raise. I want. I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. Those are desires of the world, not of God. Or does my heart ache for a deeper intimacy, divine intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit? That means we're on the right path. But when we have the desires of the heart that are worldly, that's a check. Let's go get right. Let's go to the sacrament of reconciliation. Let's let's let the Holy Spirit shine the light on what's what's got a hold of us. Let's get clean, get 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 healthy, and then let's receive the Eucharist, our Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and let Him transform the desires into of our heart into the desires of His heart. There's a book by Father Michael Gately. It's uh, it's not a, a novel book, but it's a it's a spirituality. It's called Consoling the Heart of Jesus. And uh, it is so powerful because a lot of times uh, in my journey, I would think, well, what can I really do? Like, does this, does this really matter? Does, you know, what I'm thinking, what I'm saying, what I'm doing, does it really matter? And Father Gately so beautifully takes us through. It's the Ignatian spirituality, I believe, Mm -hmm. like all condensed into like a self-directed weekend. It goes from the 30 days, which hardly anybody would have time to do, a 30-day retreat, then it got condensed to an eight or nine-day retreat, and then he'd 
did it into like a self-directed weekend retreat. And the whole, the whole premise is really a change of, it's, it's a way of life that everything we say, think, and do now can console his heart. That he's being, he's in the, he's in the garden now. Because there's no time in eternity. So he's in the garden now. He's being scourged now. He's carrying the cross now. He is going through his passion now. And people have forgotten him. They've run. So everything we say, think, and do, if we do it intentionally to console his heart, it will console his heart. Now, that's yeah. that's beautiful. And what's amazing also, Rob, I mean, I know in the toughest things in my life's journey where they've been the most painful, where people have scourged me, where people have falsely accused me, where people have you know, wounded me, the Lord's brought me to this reality. It's the Christ within me mm. that's being scourged. Mm. It's the Christ within me that's being wounded. Give it to the Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. Give it to him. He can take it. You can't. So for me, that whole whole reality really helped me. You know what? As I get pierced by these wounds of people, you know, falsely accused, whatever it is, boom. Give it to the Lord Jesus Christ because it's he who lives in you that's being pierced. He who lives in you that's being scourged. He who that lives in you that's being falsely accused. And let the Lord Jesus Christ take on that burden mm. and walk that out with you, in you, and through you. So a great learning lesson. And the other thing is, you know, we all want to be great leaders, but in order to be a great leader, we need to be first a great follower. Well, that also goes with, in order to be the face of God the Father, Jesus says, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. We first have to be the Son. We have to be the Son that that, that has that divine and its intimacy relationship with the Father. And then, throughout our daily journey, throughout our yearly journey, we will some days be sons, where we're learning and growing through our experiences. But there are times when God will use us to show people the face of the Father, mm. the heart of the Father, the mercy, the compassion, the love, the forgiveness. So, boy, that is awesome. When God chooses you, and you can be a father as a man to a 90-year-old other man. You can be a father as a man to a priest if God chooses to use you. Realizing, it says it right here, it wasn't Moses that gave the bread. It's God the Father that chooses to use you to be that father figure to another. But in order to do that, you first must be the son, and you must have that relationship with God the Father. Devin Shah, the, the, the leader of our ministry called the Fathers of St. Joseph, um, he, he has this little saying on, on his website and, and in his writings and in his talks, and it reminds me of what you said about, about uh, suffering, right? Some some of the uh, tough times we go through, Dave. He said, all men suffer, few men sacrifice. That we're all going to have suffering. But when we offer up that suffering as a sacrifice, united with our Lord, power. Power to change the world, right? That if enough of us do that, that's, that's the power that's going to unleash the grace for conversion. And conversion is, is what we need to change the world. So let's uh, remember that we're all going to receive suffering so let's intentionally offer up that suffering as a sacrifice united with our Lord to save souls yeah and everything we go through each day stop drop and ask the Holy Spirit the question Lord what do you want to teach me today and then as a son listen because you will be amazed how God through your journey of life your parable of your life will teach you new things each and every day God bless each and every one of you be those lights to the world that point to Christ. God bless. 
Reflections from the Heart has been presented by Stewardship, a Mission of Faith. We hope that you've been blessed and encouraged as you listen to Reflections from the Heart. If so, you might consider participating in a Gospel Reflection Group. For information on locations and times of Gospel Reflection Groups, or how to start a Gospel Reflection Group in your area, please visit our website at stewardshipmission.org and click on Gospel Reflection Groups or call us at 717-367-0100. Stewardship, a mission of faith, is a 501c3 nonprofit organization and depends on donations from people like you to make Reflections from the Heart possible. If you enjoyed this broadcast, please prayerfully consider making a tax-deductible donation by visiting our website or calling us at 717-367-0100. On behalf of David and the staff here at Stewardship, a Mission of Faith, thank you for listening. And until next time, may God bless, protect, and guide you on your journey home to Him. Thank you.